It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Welcome to the Slaying Self-Doubt Podcast, where we are going to overcome our fears, doubts, and insecurities. I'm your host, Felicia Wallace, and I would like for you to join me on my journey to slaying my own self-doubt, and hopefully you slaying some of yours as well. Let's get started. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Slaying Self-Doubt Podcast. I'm your girl, Felicia Wallace. Welcome to the end of September. We're about to go into the last quarter of the year. I can't believe that. Um, I just realized that today is, I've officially been off of work for 90 days. Um, it's really a long, didn't seem like it actually seems longer than it really is. Like 90 days when you're like moving and working and stuff, seems like it goes by really fast. But when you're like transitioning into a new situation, it definitely goes by way slower. I felt like everything was taking one day at a time which was some of it was good some of it was you know stressful just because I'm just used to things like moving 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 so the end of September is generally always super busy for me because my sister cousins and I have each have a kid whose birthday is in the exact same week so that's a lot of parties, a lot of family time, and we just stay so busy. It's always interesting, too, because it's like your first full month in school. And so it's just, uh, man, it's just last week was just super duper busy. In addition to just trying to organize what this end of this year is going to look like and what 2020 is going to look like for me, um, just really kind of allow me to kind of put some things into perspective. Um, I know that I mentioned before on the show or even on IG that I um, listen to um, Transformation Church actually quite frequently. And so they're doing a series right now called Crazy Faith. If you are not listening to that series, my goodness, it has blessed me so much. Um, one, because I really do like Pastor Todd. He is very relatable. He gives you a lot of things that are practical. And that definitely helps me. You know, any of anybody who's been like me, who's grew up in the church, a lot of times you felt like the pastors or the guests speakers didn't always look like you it's always older people telling you about stuff and it's like bruh that is not what's happening right now Uh, which is one of the reasons why I love Zion Church so much because the pastor my pastor is relatable as well and it he always gives us practical tips um with his sermons as well but with this crazy faith series it really just puts so many things into perspective just allowing me to kind of realize where I was where I am and where I'm trying to go even in my faith walk because sometimes we are having like what you know he calls crazy faith when we're hoping for something bigger than us right and then when we get a glimpse or a taste or we're kind of close to it we all know that we kind of like okay you know I got that and you know you feel like "Mm, that's just enough and so you kind of chill out a little bit so not this past Sunday but the Sunday before last he did um, something called lazy faith and I was like bruh this is for me because y'all know I procrastinate and 
lazy faith was just like that's the opposite of crazy faith that's what he said and it was just eye-opening for me about what things I need to do so I always tell you guys that whenever God is like moving in my life he always sends like confirmation from multiple different ways whether it's through conversations with people sermons that just kind of lets me know what direction I need to go in and so I'm just I'm excited about what the end of the year is going to be I'm excited about what 2020 is going to bring like I have a lot of things I want to bring to you all a lot of content a lot of um just just I just I have so many ideas. It was overwhelming, but I just know that it's just going to take some time and I have to give myself that grace to be able to allow whatever God wants to happen to happen when he's ready it ain't about me anyway so whatever so last week we wrapped up the imposter syndrome series and I thought that was such a great series I know I said it last week too but I really do think it was something that made me just put things into perspective and just you know view myself in a different way so that I wouldn't allow it to happen it still is going to happen but you know I I found ways to be able to kind of deal with it So today I want to talk about our past and where we come from, because a lot of times in order for us to get where we're going, we have to review the past. You hear people all saying, like, don't look back. I don't think you should look back and stay there. But I do think that depending on what it is you're trying to do in your future, you have to look back. One, so that you can learn from past mistakes. Two, so that you don't repeat the same behaviors. Um, And three, just also realizing how far you've come depending on what your past looks like so for me I really in the start of this journey of trying to figure out where my you know self-doubt came from my insecurities my fears my um imposter syndrome things of that sort like where did all of that stem from and I had to really like dig deep into myself and just like do the work So when I was 13, we moved to a new neighborhood. I hated it. It was like the worst. I lived in the same place like from, it wasn't infancy, but like, you know, toddler age to 13. And 13 is a big year. Like I'm learning, you know, my son just turned 12. So like you just don't do a whole lot of changes when kids are changing themselves. But it was a lot of things that happened. Like we changed. Um, We moved from a house I was comfortable in. I ended up switching schools in the middle of the school year because my mother wasn't feeling the school I was going in. So there were a lot of changes that were happening. Um, Because we were in this new neighborhood, I was just like, I, you know, I told you guys, I'm like an in-between. I could be an introvert and I could be an extrovert. It just kind of depends. Well, at that time, I was an introvert. I never went outside unless, except for the lead to go to the store, go to school. I remember driving down the street and was like, you can literally hear a penny. And I threw a penny out the window. And it's because we came from where we lived. It wasn't like the inner city, but it wasn't too far from like, um, DC. And so we were literally like right over the line. So it's just a lot of busyness and it's just different. So we moved somewhere where it was just like 15 minutes to get to the nearest grocery store. Like what the crap? Like that's how, what I was thinking. Well, anyway, on this particular day, 
you know, I, you grow up with the same people, your same friends. You don't really notice things about yourself until someone else points them out, if that makes sense. So my sister is an extrovert. Like, she's the complete opposite of me. So she was going outside every day. Why don't you go? Why don't you go? Like, I don't want to go outside. So one day she's like, can you go get the mail? She's in the house. And so she's like, can you go get the mail? And I'm like, why? She's like, just go get the mail. So I go outside to go get the mail, and she's behind me and shuts and locks the door and locks me out. So now I'm standing outside and I'm like, what's going on? So then I turn around and it's literally like, I felt like it was like every kid in the neighborhood was like staying, like they were in the driveway and I'm like, uh, Hey. And so the kids are like, she told us she had a sister, but we didn't believe her cause we never saw you. And I'm like, okay. And then, and you know, some kids was like, where's so-and-so you never come outside, da, 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 whatever, whatever. And I just was like, okay. Like I, you know, I felt ambush is really how I felt. And then I remember like this older kid, he, if I was 13 at the time, he might've been like 16 or 17 or something. So he's on this little bike and I'm still standing like in front of the, the door and like on our porch area or whatever. But if you drove like rode up the, the driveway, um, once you got to the top, you could, you know, you're like, we're like a couple of feet away from each other. So He's on his back and he, I mean, on his bike and he rolls up there and then he gets to the top and then kind of goes back down. And so then he tell his friends something. And so he laughing, whatever have you. And so they were like, what, 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 what? They was like, <laughs> now that I think about this, this is so dang old funny. But he was like, man, she got a half a butt. <laughs> I'm cracking up at myself, but it was at that moment. Like I'm now I'm banging on the door, like kicking the door behind me, like open the door, open the door. So I finally get inside and I'm, you know, I'm just mad at her. Cause she set me up. She's like, I wanted you to go outside and make friends. And I'm like, I hate this place. But it was at that moment that I had my first like interaction with someone looking at me not as a kid, right? So whatever it was, it put now put this thought in my head, right? So I didn't have a figure, like I was like literally like straight up and down. And that's fine when you're like 12, 13, who cares? Like nobody even knows that. But at that moment, I remember going upstairs into the bathroom and like looking in the mirror and like, well, what's a whole butt look like if I got a half a butt? <laughs> Oh my God, I'm sorry. And so I should have got my laughs out before I did this episode. But anyway, so I like that was the seed. And I couldn't figure out like throughout the course of my um, teenage years and my 20s, I was very fixated on my on my looks because at that moment, somebody told me there was something about me that was not accurate um, or, you know, likable or whatever, because they clearly laughed me out for half a butt. So in like the 11th, no, 10th grade, 10th grade, um, I suffer from asthma and allergies. I had a really bad asthma attack, was out of school for like three weeks or something like that came back I was doped up on steroids for that time period and anybody who ever been on steroids you know them them joints make you eat and so I came back and I I got thicker thicker than a snicker that's exactly it so the running joke is is that you all know that my first name starts with a p so they started calling me fat p p h a t 
P. And so that was like my nickname in the school. Like, oh, here comes Fat P. Because everybody's like, bro, what happened? Like, you went away and then came back. Like, did you have surgery or something? But anyway, and so then I started getting different attention because now the attention was like, oh, this must be what people like because now the boys were noticing me. Now I, you know, I had filled out in certain places and I no longer had a half a butt. I had a whole butt by that time. And I realized that, oh, I like that attention versus the laughing me out about not having a whole butt. And that, those two interactions changed the the way I viewed myself, changed the way I viewed relationships, changed the way I viewed um, my worth and whether or not people like willingly wanted to be my friend or wanted to be around me or whatever the case may be. And specifically with guys, because um, that's what they were looking at. And so once I reached this point of like, why don't I feel worthy? Why don't I feel like I'm enough? Why do I question, you know, certain situations? It was just that because don't have people to believe that if you only have um, anxiety or doubt or insecurities about your body, that that thing don't go other places because there was things that I knew that I was great at, like being at work. I knew that that, you know, once I got older, like being at work, I knew that that was something that I did very well with my eyes closed. I still felt inadequate. I still felt undeserving, unworthy. I still felt like I had to work harder than everybody else. And it absolutely wasn't true. And so the first thing that we have to do is we have to figure out one, where it comes from. Like, this is the part where you have to do your work and you have to figure out when did this idea come? Is it something that, you know, for me, somebody asking me it wasn't anything like traumatic and you know it it all depends so if you're able to do it by yourself great but if you need to do it under the um, guidance and assistance of a therapist that's even better I was able to do the work on my own because it wasn't anything that was traumatic to me nothing that brought up any terrible experiences Um, what I did with how my feelings were I didn't necessarily honor myself I didn't honor my body I didn't honor my worth so it it altered the way I handled myself in relationships and dealing with dudes up until the point where I was just like, no, enough is enough. And for me, once I really did the work and I was able to say like it, that was when things changed for you. I then had to acknowledge the part I played. So one is figuring out when it, where it came from, like when did this all start and, and how did it all start? Two is then acknowledging if you had a part to play in it or acknowledging what happened because just because you know where it starts, you can still be in denial. Like, you know, it started at that time, but, you know, it didn't have any effect on me. No, I acknowledge that that guy saying that, and I still, I don't even know who, I never saw that person again, by the way, the dude on the bike. I have no idea who it was, but, you know, that whole situation changed changed a lot of things for me, but I acknowledge that I started moving in a way that disrespected what God wanted me, wanted for me, even having a God-fearing mom, even having a mother who definitely made sure we was in church every single week. She didn't care. You know, she always just like, come hella high water, you're going to church. That's the way it was. Um, and 
I knew that there was things that I was I like having premarital sex, um, being in relationships that weren't healthy for me, allowing myself to be in situations where I knew the dude plus the situation wasn't good. And I continued to stay in it just because that person was giving me attention or um, be putting myself in situations that could have harmed me or harmed somebody else just for, you know, nothing really, honestly, is what it kind of really boils down to. But I acknowledge it. I remember the first time in my um, one of my small group sessions and us having this conversation and I just said, you know, I have to admit that I was a slur. And they was like, a what? And I was like, you take the word slut and whore, put it together, it's a slur. It doesn't sound as bad, but I was like, but I didn't honor my body. I didn't honor the the people that I was with because of how I felt about myself. It didn't, you know, put myself in the best light for people to even honor me because I didn't honor myself. And so I couldn't, once I acknowledged that, you know, I was, uh, I'm grateful. Thank God. I was never in a like situation with someone like took advantage of that, but I allowed those things to happen. I allowed myself to be in relationship with men that I didn't even know. I allowed myself to have one night stands. I allowed myself to be in a very vulnerable place because I didn't love me. I didn't honor me and I didn't understand my worth. Once I really like started, it's probably like in, you know, mid twenties or something like that. And I really was just like, I had to kind of get a grip on who I was and who I wanted to be. I needed to do the work. So I was, actively doing the work, just saying like, I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to continue to be promiscuous. I want a relationship. I want to be married. I want to have kids. I want my kids to be, you know, whatever, you know, I I want a family. And so in order for that to change, I had to change. Right. So I had changed my mindset. So I did that, but it still didn't take me until I was well into my thirties married before I actually forgave myself so that's start step three is forgiving yourself it wasn't until I was in small groups talking to other women and having conversation getting more in tune with God and having a a better relationship with him that I literally had to stop and forgive myself for one not knowing better and two knowing that what with what I did know that I just made the best decision with what I had um I think that what makes it difficult for us to move forward and be able to get over our past is that we don't want to do the work we don't want to acknowledge that we were um you know as bad as we were so to speak like um if you're not like I've realized and I know I am like so one of my sons, he has an attitude, not attitude, but he's very sarcastic. And it, it sometimes he doesn't realize it, but because that's how I am and I was as a child, I knew that. And I'm talking about me and my mother would we would go at it just kind of verbally and she would I remember being like fifteen, sixteen and she like, You're so rude. And in my mind I'm like Okay. You know, like because I thought it was okay or and or I thought it was 
I, I was in my right. Like, this is how I feel. I should be able to express myself, you know, all of that. And so with my son, I'm very much so like, you can express yourself, but it's going to be a way you're going to do it or else you're not going to have no teeth. Let me be very clear about that. And if you don't think you're being disrespectful, trust me. I know what disrespectful is because I thought it, said it, tried it, all of that. I, I had some limits with my mother because my mother would knock my teeth out too. But I think, you know, it's just like when it's like your first kid, you're not really sure, like, what what's happening? Maybe she's going through emotions. No, I just, that was, that was how I was carrying it, basically. But I think I say all that to say is that I knew it, right? And because I knew it, I was able to see it in my son and I was able to stop it before it becomes like a part of him. Because sometimes we don't realize that the things that we don't acknowledge and we don't forgive ourselves for, we make it like it's a part of us. Like it's okay for us to have a bad attitude. It's okay for us to be sarcastic, but no, it isn't like, it's not okay for us to do these things, especially when it's hurting someone else and it's hurting you in the process. And so once I was able to really just like forgive myself for the decisions I made, you know, um, and the things that I ultimately, you know, wish I didn't do, wish that I could redo, I could change those type of things. I'm, you know, okay. I'm now, I, once I got to that place and when I'm 38, about to be 39, I probably was like 35. So it ain't even been that long. It's like 30, like three years ago. Right. Um, it, now I'm in a place where I'm like, I'm comfortable in the skin that I am. You know, I used to be, uh, uncomfortable when, people from my past that knew me then would like be around like my family or my, or people who didn't know me then. Right. Because I was always afraid that they were going to bring up something that that person didn't know nothing about. And I would always be like on the edge of my seat or try to change that, keep the conversation a certain type of way because I just didn't want anybody to say, girl, remember that time we was at so-and-so and then you and that dude like, girl, you know what? And, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember none of that. Like, you know, and so that's exhausting on top of that. It's exhausting to try to redirect someone else's natural conversation because you're afraid of what it is that they're going to say. And so once I forgave myself, I then had the opportunity because now I'm married to have to have a conversation with my husband to be able to say, Hey, listen, let me just run this thing down to you real quick. Okay. Let me just tell you how I was, how I was moving, whatever, whatever, just in case, you know, who was around during that time, whatever. And we all have a past. Like he, it was nothing he could say. What he was going to say, there was nothing he could say to me except for, okay, you know, because his past is his past. My past is my past, but I don't have to live there. I don't have to be fearful of my past showing up in my future, especially because I'm not the same woman I was at 16 or 18 or 25 or 35 for that matter. Um, and I think that when we do that, it allows you to be able to do the last step, which is to move forward. I'm able to move forward in my life and my purpose with God because I've dealt with the stuff that's behind me. I've dealt with the, the person that I was. I'm not, I may have the same name. I have the same face, all of that, but I'm inside like me. I am not the same person. And so I don't accept anything that came from that. So if any, even if I was in a situation with somebody were to say something, I'll be like, girl, yeah, you right. I do remember that. But you know, that was then this is now and let's just move forward. The other part to that is 
although I spent all the energy trying to avoid those things, I'm grateful and I'm, I'm super duper grateful that the people who were and did know me during those times, they got a pass too. Right. And so the same things that I, the things that I know about them that they necessarily don't want, you know, their husbands or their, um, their wives or whatever to know about this information that we know that is a part of who we were that we just leaving back there. Like, and so we leave it at, man, we had some good times, bruh. Like, yeah, some good times. And we'll just kind of all give each other a look. And we'll just laugh. And at the end of the day, it's it's the past. We have moved forward. And so today I just really wanted to like encourage you to do the work to figure out like how you got here, but don't stay in that. Like it may not happen. Like I said, this was a course of maybe like 10 years for me to get to where I am right now. But if you know that God has a purpose for your life and whatever is stopping you from moving forward is being uncomfortable with telling your truth. Like this was a very scary podcast for me because I felt like I was admitting out loud to whoever listens to this that I was a slower, right? And the reality is, is that everybody's probably been a slower. So I'm not the only one, you know, and I'm okay with that. And at the end of the day, if you've never been a slower, you've never had the experience that I've had. Okay, that's fine. It doesn't make you better or worse than me because where I am now is not where I where I was and where I am now is also not where I'm going. So whatever life lessons that God has for me in order for me to get to where he wants me to be at, I'm down for it. Like th- this whole transition of even leaving my job to be able to um, pursue my purpose and, you know, start my own business isn't something that I saw in my past neither. So at the end of the day, God has a plan for each and every one of our lives and where he is going to have you to go. It's going to be some bumps in the It's not going to be easy. There's going to be some things that you don't like about yourself. It's going to be some things that you're going to have to look in the mirror and say, girl, you was a slur. Oh, girl, you have an attitude problem. Oh, girl, you know, you're a liar. You're a thief. You're dishonest. Your integrity is in, in is is whack. Your character is whack. What I'm doing is that in order for me to be able to be the best version of myself is that I have to I have to find all the versions of me, every version of you in every phase of my life, every phase of your life is a different version of you. And so in order, those all make who you are like that. My past makes who I am right now, but what I will not allow it to do, I will not allow it to haunt me anymore. Okay, guys, that's all for this week. Don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Remember to join the Slaying Self-Doubt community on Facebook. Have a great week. See ya. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.